heart is overjoyed. Praise the name of the Lord. New Zion, there's another Zion in the house. Hallelujah. <laughs> Under the proud pastor and my big brother in the gospel, Reverend Gerald Ballou, the Zion Travelers Missionary Baptist Church. With all of y'all in Zion Travelers, please stand for just a minute. Amen. These are my people right here. Amen. We spent a lot of good quality time together. And they some loving folks. Amen. Design travelers. I am so good to see y'all this morning. My heart is so overjoyed. And before I continue, uh, Reverend Stevens and, and Brother Wheeler, um, I'm going to have a short meeting after church with the members. And if y'all could stay, I'd like for y'all to stay for the meeting. Is that all right? Amen. Because I know y'all wasn't here then. But if y'all can, please stay of uh, information of importance, all right? Amen. Amen. Well, without further ado, let us go to the book of Haggai, chapter 1. The book of Haggai, yeah, yeah, yeah. chapter 1. When you have it, please say amen. If you're still looking for us, say, wait a minute. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, it is one of those small books of the Bible that hardly ever gets read. But we know the whole counsel of God is in all the books of the Bible. Amen. Amen. The book of Haggai, chapter 1, starting at verse 1, you will find these words. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Amen. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. And I want to speak to you from a few moments from the thoughts. Consider your weight. Consider your ways. This morning, New Zion, 
This message will build a foundation on why the priorities that I've laid out for this church are prioritized the way they are. Because I know the heart of the Lord concerning his temples, or concerning his church building, and turning his places of meeting, of worship of his people. Haggai, or Haggai, was a prophet that lived during the time at which the walls were burned down in Jerusalem and the temple needed to be rebuilt. His time of prophecy and urging of the people came prior to the time of Nehemiah, whom after the temple was built, that Nehemiah came and built the walls. But here we see the prophet Haggai sing to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, governor of Judah. It always starts with the leader. God has placed leaders in every church to take care of the things of God concerning that congregation. And those leaders are there for spiritual and physical needs. And so we see here that the prophet the spiritual man of God brought a word to the governor, got a word to Zerubbabel regarding the temple. And here in this text, what we are seeing is the manifestation of a people who are apathetic toward God. In verse 2 it says, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. I don't know necessarily what it all entails in the human psyche that causes us to believe that the Lord's house can wait. We look at the Lord's house and we see the needs week in and week out. But there's something passive within us that says the Lord's house can wait. And so time after time I have been approached year after year in issues of building And the leaders will say to me, they will say things like, we can wait till next year. The summer's almost over. We can go into wintertime and everything is going to be all right. But I've lived long enough now to realize that procrastination has no end. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you put off today to tomorrow what you should have did right now, it becomes the day after tomorrow. Right. And then the year after 
this year, and then the year after that, and it just goes on and on and on infinitum. Yes, but I'm here to say that the prophet is saying what the Lord has in urgency regarding his house. He doesn't want his house to go down and to wait until when it's a good time for his people to take care of it. All right. Because God knows something about the condition of his house and what that points to. It points to the conditions of the hearts of the people who assemble within. Now, looking here at this prophet's words, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. From a physical standpoint, we see that the children of Israel have a disregard about the building of the temple, have a disregard for it being built and solidified and being an example of the one who has the silver and the gold, the cattle on a thousand hills and the hills thereof. Okay. The one who says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell in it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're saying, hey, that's not important. So now the representation of this one and true God looks like a broken down, tore down, weak and feeble God. And God is saying, you're not going to do that. You're not going to represent me like that. And you're not going to have an apathy toward my buildings that represent me because it is a spiritual problem that you have in your hearts. So when we look at this text, we see in verse 3, Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? And this temple to lie in ruins? See, the problem in Israel, in Judah particularly, is that outside of Jerusalem, the Judeans, they had their beautiful homes on their ranches and on their areas of livestock. And they they had their farms and their, their beautiful homes on the farms and they had great crops that they had planted and had grown, and they were taking so much good care of that. And so as they took so much care in that, it pointed to a selfishness in their hearts. That they were concerned about their own things, but were not concerned about the things of God. And so God says to them, you build your panel house. You got your place looking real good. I don't see no leaks in your house. I don't see no holes in your roof. I, I don't see where your house, half the paint is off of it. But why is it that my house lies in ruin? And so for the people of God here today, we have to comprehend the fact that God ain't playing about his house. All 
Because he ain't playing about his people. And he ain't playing about the mission that he wants us to be on. He wants outside to know that there's something special about them who serve that one true God. That they're not poor and destitute. That they have riches untold. And that they need to be attracted to those outside so that they may come and become part of his family. God is serious about how he's being represented. Now looking at this text, we see that there's an urgency in the work. God does not want us to be slothful regarding it. But I believe when the people looked at the devastation that Babylon had applied to Jerusalem, they saw their pocketbooks. They looked at Jerusalem and said, oh, ooh, that's going to cost a lot of money and a lot of resource to get that temple built back up. I, I don't know. My, you know, I, I've been working on my 401k and I, my pension plan is looking real nice. And you know what? My savings account, I finally got it to five digits. Ah, I don't know if I want to give out of that for the temple. I mean, I mean, I mean, what about me? I mean, I got to save up for my retirement. I mean, I, I, I'm getting old and I mean, what am I going to have for myself? I mean, how am I going to take care of me? Come on, preacher. Do y'all hear in those words a lack of faith? I mean, we say all the time, without God, we can do nothing. We say that he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. But when it comes down to the brass tacks of the matter, somehow it becomes all about we taking care of ourselves. And that is a front to our Father in heaven who said that he would be our provider. That is a front to our Father in heaven who through David said the words, I was once young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. It's an affront against God. If we say we can't do for the Lord because we got to take care of us. Now it's all about works all over again. It's not about faith and trust in God to supply our every need, but it's about us taking care of ourselves. Now we've gone to a mindset like the world. That's how the world thinks, but that's not how the kingdom of God should think. Because the kingdom of God is 180 degrees opposite of the world. In the past three Sundays, we have looked at how Jesus provided for the disciples as they provided for others. And not one time did they have to say, we have no more bread. But at the end, they found that they had 12 baskets full. More than enough for them to eat on themselves. So why is it? that we allow this to occur. I contend today it's a heart problem. It's a heart problem with the saints. Just like in our Sunday school lesson, how the Sabbath had been mistreated and misappropriated and it became an issue of selfishness. 
So it has come with the saints of God. But today, the prophet says to us the words of the Lord that we ought to get about the Father's business. And we ought to make sure that the house of God is as nice, if not nicer, than our panel homes. Amen. God has been real good to us. Had me, saints. When I look around this room, I see a lot of folks that's lived some years in this life. And I know you've seen the times when you had very, very little. But didn't God supply things? When you didn't know how, you didn't know where, and you didn't even know what. But God supplied, didn't he? And so now today, God has blessed us with great jobs and beautiful homes in the suburbs and homes that are so much nicer than anything we grew up in. Down in Texas, on our side of Texarkana, the house that I grew in, grew up in did not have a garage and only had one bedroom, and it was on cinder blocks. But I said to you before how God has blessed me, not because I've been so good, but because he's been so good. When I look over my life, and I see the things that I've gone through, I know I don't deserve anything that I have, but God, by his good pleasure, has given it to me. I wasn't so smart. I wasn't so bright. But God is merciful. God is gracious. God has the silver. God has the gold. God has the cattle. God has everything that we need. And he says if you have a heart for him, he'll give you even his desires. Yeah, yeah. So as I come to a close today in this message, I am imploring unto you, yeah. or in the words of the Apostle Paul, I beseech ye, yeah. therefore, brethren, yes, to be about the Father's business and to show faith by stepping up and making sure that God's house is taken care of. Not being so concerned about your own self, but be concerned about the things of God. Because the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And guess what? All these things will be added unto you. Don't worry about tomorrow because God's got that in his hand. But if we go forth in faith, doing what we are supposed to do and making sure God's house is a beacon of light and hope and showing it to be the great place that it should be for a king, like the king of kings and the lord of lords. He will take care of you in all your needs. And so today, there may be somebody here under the sound of my voice who hears about this king of kings and his lord of lords, who hears about this one who owns it all, but does not have a relationship with him. Today I introduce to you Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. Down through 42 generations, Jesus Christ came to save a sin-sick world. The Bible says that one evening in the Garden of Gethsemane, on 
after much anguish about what was to come, he knew that the sins of the entire world was going to be on his shoulders. Like that he sweated with sweats like blood coming because of the anguish. And he said to his father, if there be any other way. But he loved you so much and he loved his father so much that he said, not my will, but thy will be done. And the betrayer kissed him and they marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall. From Annas to Caiaphas. From Caiaphas to the Sanhedrin. From the Sanhedrin to that old fox Pilate. From Pilate to another fox Herod. From Herod back to that old scandalous Pilate. They whipped him all night long in a kangaroo court. One who knew no sin, they tried to condemn. And after they beat him, they marched him down the Via Della Rosa to outside of the walls of Jerusalem to a place called Gargoth's Hill. And they put nails in his hands. And they put nails in his feet. But they made a mistake. They lifted my Jesus and they dropped him in that hole. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, Jesus paid it all. Yes, 
from today. That's right, that's right. By letter, baptism, or by Christian experience, you can come today. Come to Jesus. Yes, sir, yes, sir. While you still have time. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
That's right. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. We are so happy to have you here. Amen. Pastor Phillip, we also have Melissa George, and she's coming from Christian Experience and also from Mount Pisco Baptist Church. Thank mm -hmm. you. 